Hey guys, so I just wanted to throw in a quick little trigger warning, content warning for this episode. So we talk about um, touch starvation and it leads to some areas where we're talking about sex pretty casually and definitely I, you know, I'm still learning to become comfortable with myself. And so there's a lot of uh, confusing self-talk and definitely also a lot of cussing. So if any of those things might be, you know, difficult for you to listen to, I would go ahead and skip this one. Otherwise, I hope that you enjoy this episode. The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. Good day to everyone. I say good day because who knows what the fuck time it is when you're listening to this. My name is always Kara. Why do I always say my name? I'm Kara and I'm 30 years old. Um, My name's Kara and this is The Conquest of Bliss. And if you don't know that, I mean, that's pretty impressive that you got here. Okay. Anyways, I'm here with Zach. (laughs) Zach Zinn of uh, Pennsylvania fame. And I'm bad at this. Uh, Maybe we should restart. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. Maybe not. Just um, I'm game with whatever. I don't and, care. Uh, Zach and I are going to talk about an issue that faces many of us, especially today. It was for a long time an issue amongst single people more than anything. And now we're looking at, I mean, it's more single people than anything else, but a lot of people are experiencing that we hadn't before. So why don't you, Zacharino? Tell us what we're going to talk about. So I thought we'd. Uh, I thought a good topic would be um, just uh, touch starvation. It has a few names: uh, touch starvation, touch deprivation, uh, a few other words. But those are the two most common. And uh, before the whole world, you know, just went uh, burning down, um, it was I would say mostly a problem with single people. Um, although it definitely still can and has existed. Uh, with people within relationships. Um, and that's pretty much uh, just not uh, touching people, um, not feeling connected. Um, there's something really interesting about uh, skin-to-skin contact, and it that both involves, uh, you know, contact of a sexual nature, but a lot of times it doesn't. Um, so that kind of goes uh, within and without as far as that goes. <clears throat> um and I think it's an important topic to talk about a lot because of what's going on right now. Um, people who've dealt with it, uh, like, ongoingly before uh, everything happened uh, are going through it uh, probably at a worse degree now. And people who haven't been dealing with it are likely dealing with it now. And it might be hard for them to understand all of the different areas of their uh, loneliness or depression. Because this, I don't think it's a too talked about subject. I think it's gained a little bit of traction in recent time. But still, if you bring up uh, touch starvation with 10 people, I would imagine half, if not maybe the majority of them haven't even heard of it. So uh, in this, yeah. (laughs) What if um, I talk to 10 experts? Sorry, go ahead. I'm I'm certainly not an expert (laughs) on this. Um, But... Uh, in this difficult time, I think it's important to be able to identify the sources 
of sadness, uh, detachment, and depression, especially when there's not really a clear-cut solution uh, right now. There's not really that much you can change in a, in a time like this, so at the very least we can identify it and do what little we can to uh, help our mental health uh, for the time being. So, Did you see that? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> a little Marco Polo reference. Anyways, uh... <laughs> So you touched on some things that I think are fantastic. One of the things that you touched on um, very, very briefly is skin to skin contact. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize about touch starvation. I think a lot of people identify it as a strictly emotional, psychological side. But if we look at if we look to babies, babies die without skin to skin contact. It is a critical part of development. And then as we get older, that need does become less essential to life, but yeah. it remains essential to our well-being. And so, oh, it's just it's it's very interesting and I think I think another point that you touched on that I really think is valuable is sometimes just identifying what's going on and realizing that it's valid goes a really really long way in how long we're able to deal with these difficulties. Yeah. So yeah, completely. I would ask, um, because of your very bold statement about if you ask 10 people, I feel like that's so bold. I mean, <laughs> um, depends on which people I mean, I may ask. have just been talking out of my ass <laughs> on that part. That's okay. But... I do that constantly. <laughs> if you want to put it to the test, we can. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're doing a poll. Um, <laughs> uh, so my question to you would be, when was the first time you heard the term touch starvation as applied to adults? That's difficult. Um, I feel like I heard about it a few years ago, but it was a very short thing that wasn't discussed. It was kind of like I found out about it, and then I hadn't heard about it for a long time until maybe about a year or so ago. It kind of came back. Um, it came back up in a topic, and I realized it to be a very big issue within my own life. Mine too. Mine too. Um, which is uh, one of the. I should not say that. I should just... Nope. Moving on. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned... But, <laughs> I was going to say it's, you know, it's a fantastic excuse for my many lovers. Uh, but, you know, I uh, it, that's not why. It's mostly just because I like love. Anyways, awkward. I can talk about my own experience with it. Well, I wanted to quickly... I wanted to quickly um, ask about... So you, spe- you specified, you know, that there's a big difference in needing intimate touch versus platonic touch. And I think that that is a huge piece is that people hear touch starvation and they think that everyone is like me where they, you know, are um, seeking more intimate. Okay. I feel like, I feel like I have said too many things about myself. I am not, I have a normal (laughs) healthy life that way. Why do I say these things? I don't know. And ah, it's okay. Everyone's used to being awkward and the point is to be vulnerable. Um, Yes, I would like to hear about your experience with touch starvation. I said all of those things to just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'll take... I'll, I guess I'll talk about um, a more intimate side of it. So, the time that it... The whole topic of this kind of re-emerged in my life uh, as like an actual thing that I kind of identified with was with uh, one of my ex-girlfriends... I mean, just plainly put, uh, you know, we were we were lying in bed, and she was really big on just skin-to-skin contact as far as just lying together. And 
I was, I guess I was hesitant towards that just for other reasons, just with uh, insecurities that I have about myself. But in doing that, I realized, uh, I don't know, I guess a, an elementary way to put it is just how good it felt. How, uh, it, I don't know, I, there's so many words that you could put to it, like security or, uh, I mean, intimacy can go in so many different ways, but uh, I realized that I feel like it makes me sound stupid for saying it, but just, like, the connection to someone else uh, was vastly important. It was... The whole feeling about it was somehow validating from myself, but I don't... I don't even know how to unpack that. Um, and so, in the absence of uh, relationships, pretty much since around that time period, uh, I have realized the lack of touch... Um, at least in a in a more uh, intimate way, has been uh, very difficult for me to deal with. Uh, since then, you try to supplement it in other ways, in lesser intimate ways. You know, you have friends. You know, you hug people. Uh, even you know, before you know this madness, you know, you shook hands with people. Even hand to hand contact uh, is helpful. Um, and so it's it's been an area that I've realized has a larger impact on my mental health than I had ever given it credit for. Um, cause you can talk about loneliness, but I feel like a, a large part of loneliness just comes from not feeling connected to anyone around you. Um, and so, uh, one thing that was interesting, uh, is about two months ago, I had gotten a massage for the first time in my life. And so here's something that is like 100% not intimate, um, sorry, my mic's screwing up here. Um, so, uh, so the massage was something completely not intimate, and it was a very, I don't want to say healing process, but it was very, uh, cathartic. cathartic. Yeah. yeah good word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both landed on it at the same time. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really good experience, um, and I did not imagine it to have that impact, so, you know, it definitely goes from intimate settings to completely not and uh i think that's that's worth noting because a lot of people a lot of people have like this idea that um we're all just horn dogs you know, pretty much yeah <laughs> like it's it's like you know it's only of a sexual nature when it's not well and that's kind of what i was alluding to awkwardly earlier is you know i feel like a lot of people think that it's people like me who are maybe more intimate than other people but it's not it's the average person and it, it doesn't matter. And you told me about the massage and I was very, very happy for you because I think that's one of the, one of the big times that we've had this conversation off air about, about touch starvation and platonic touch. And, and I think one of the things that often gets missed in this conversation is humans communicate in so many ways. Like we already easily acknowledge that we communicate via sound obviously yeah. we communicate visually, you know, body language, etc. We communicate by smell with pheromones. We, <laughs> I was going to say we communicate by taste, but <laughs> that's maybe only in the intimate settings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we definitely communicate by touch. So yeah. when, when you hug someone, you, or, or, you know, I mean, not as even with shaking hands, though, you know, like that guy's got a limp handshake, you know, we're communicating things without even meaning to communicate. Yeah. So when you're telling me about you and your ex-girlfriend, what I'm hearing you say is that is that you were connected 
because of that communication. And I mean, especially when you talk about insecurity and stuff, because I mean, I've been there too. I, you didn't know me then, but I used to be incredibly insecure. Um, and I was going to say for good reason. You wouldn't be talking about yourself in this way on a podcast. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was going to say for good reason. What the fuck is wrong with me? No, no good reason for me to be insecure. But I used to be insecure and I would find that, that touch was one of the only ways that it could be communicated to me that I, I was safe during yeah. that time because people can say it all they want. They can appear to be safe. But there's something about touch and the, the level of trust, whether it's platonic or more intimate or a- any of that, there is a level of communication that our brains don't even really know how to process. It just yeah. happens. And yeah. so when we're missing that for long periods of time, so I uh, I don't know if you, yeah, you did see, um, but, you know, I, I posted in one of our mutual groups about me really, really struggling with not having hugged someone in a very, very long time. And there's a lot of fear going around and stuff and these things that are circling in my head uh, about what if I never get to again, you know? And yeah. that's terrifying. That's so much more terrifying to me than the prospect of death is the prospect of not touching someone again. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. So um. I and and I don't know that there are ways to address it without... Touching, with the exception of maybe just recalling, touch, uh, tapping can be helpful. There are some ways, but I mean, they're kind of like poor substitutes uh, to the to the real thing. But there are some stuff that is worth doing in this in this time, just because anything really helps. Um, if you have an animal, that's one thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I have a cat and. You know, she can, I mean, it would be better if I had, like, a big dog. But, yeah, definitely an animal can help. Um, a weighted blanket. I have a weighted blanket. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> 20 pounds. And, you know, stuff like that can help with anxiety. But, you know, there's, I don't know, sometimes using something like that can even, like, make me sadder. Just because, like, whenever I put it around me, it's like, you know, this is what I have to do to feel any semblance of... Uh, comfort, security, or comfort, or want, or just warmth, even though it's my own body heat <laughs> radiating back to me. Um, hot showers, and another thing I do, um, I found I found these few things. Uh, this one article said that uh, that can like help, and I realized that I do every single one of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's there's there's not too much you can do to simulate it or uh, to help, but there are a few things. But they are poor substitutes. Yeah, so I think um, in my experience, so I hate weighted blankets, FYI. I know other everyone raised about them, and that's cool. I got given one for free, and then I sold it and bought my KitchenAid. Best fucking decision I ever made. <laughs> um, I, but I mean, I think it's because I think it's because the fibromyalgia, like it would just it would cause so many problems trying to move yeah, around. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but one of the things that I think that people, and this is this isn't quite the touch starvation. It's a little bit more about intimacy, I suppose. But I think that one thing that people... And okay, I don't want to be making recommendations here because this might be a terrible recommendation. I am an expert on zero things. Just keep that in mind as you're listening. Zero things am I an expert on. But one of the ways that I've been able to find... um, I'm going to have to put a trigger warning in here. 
One of the ways that I've been able to find has been helpful with the intimacy thing is sexting. I have been finding yeah. that sexting with with people, especially if it's someone that I've I've physically been with before and I can kind of call back on memories and stuff like that. I'm finding that's hugely helpful in in getting through the tension and yeah. the the lack of intimacy. It doesn't really help with the touch, so I guess I'm just, you know, talking about my sex life for no reason. So, uh, but it's something that can help if the intimacy is a piece of it for you too, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. It's yeah. totally relevant and I'm not just outing myself for weird shit for no reason. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's interesting that area because, you know, obviously for you, it's helpful. And then in so- some other ways I could see it backfiring for other people. So like if I, I don't, I don't, I've been in similar shoes, but like not, not as far as the, the sexting goes, but as far as like recalling uh, past experiences, recalling like the last time you were held by someone, it can be a good feeling as far as just remembering it and trying to just kind of like immerse yourself in that feeling. Mm-hmm. But it can also kind of turn sour in like almost like a, almost in the same way that nostalgia is always really bitter and really sad. Because it's something, it's just your only access to it is a memory and you don't have it right now. So depending on like how your brain is wired as far as I guess optimism or pessimism, that something like that could could end up hurting because I'm an extremely pessimistic person. No, not you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For anyone that doesn't already know this or hasn't figured it out, Zach and I are very good friends. And yeah. we couldn't be more opposite. So <laughs> we have some interesting conversations. And and that's an interesting point, because as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, just like, don't be sad about it. Yeah, I saw the look <laughs> on your face. <laughs> I saw it. You're like, well, why not just not be yeah, that just way? Like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> just like, have, have a good time and just be like, nah, not going to be sad. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear that, you know, I, I appreciate that you said it's probably because of the way your brain is wired and everything like that, because that's the way to get me to agree. Just go, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe then. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, that's an interesting, an interesting point. There is an N there, an interesting point. And, uh, there's, it's very interesting to me that you say that, because I think that that ideology can be true for anything like so i guess what i'm asking is are you saying it's better to have never loved at all than to have loved and lost because i think it's better to have loved and lost (laughs) (laughs) grand statement um i know i i would agree because even though having love and lost and having long stretches of time without love, without intimacy, without touch, even though that has created problems in my life and areas of depression and loneliness, and it kind of like magnifies that, it still leaves me wanting more in life. It's kind of what what I'm searching for in life. And if I had never loved at all, I don't know, I wouldn't have known what I was missing, but then, you know, the whole saying of ignorance is bliss comes into play, but having loved w- at least once um, has given shown me... What's that? Oh, sorry, I said given you a goal? Given me a goal has shown me what is the most important thing uh, in my life as, as far as just something that I that I search for. So even though it is a source of sadness and depression many times... 
I don't know really who exactly I would be without that sadness and seeking to find it. Fair, fair. It's given you purpose. Yeah. That's uh, that's fair. And as usual, we've gotten off track, but it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the beauty of running your own show. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful <laughs> that people still listen to me. I'm so obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big believer in it's better to have loved and lost. And, and I mean, I it's funny, I said the other day, it's hard to say. It's hard to say if I've ever been in love. I've definitely thought I was in love many times. Not maybe not many, a, a reasonable, a generous handful of times. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, and I've definitely experienced love. But as far as that in love thing, you know, if I've never found my my forever match or whatever you want to call it, does you know, can I really claim to have been in love? You know, I think so. I mean, well, it's relative. I, I don't really know. Is my point? I'm not trying to make a claim on either side because who the fuck knows? I mean. You know, in the moment, oh god, I'm like a fucking puppy when I start feeling for someone. So in the moment, I'm like, <laughs> they're everything. Oh, they're so wonderful. Um, you know, and <laughs> then I... Call me when you get home. Yeah, like, just call me when you're safe. Um, I am very, very... Well, and I mean, to be fair, though, like, you're my friend. I'm like that with my friends, too. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, Zach, I haven't heard from you in 18 hours. Are you all right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm kind of like that with everyone. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> but <laughs> It's very true. <laughs> like, you're still alive, right? But when you're used to talking to someone every 15 hours, <laughs> I'm not sure that it's really on it's that true. kind of a schedule, but... Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> on the it's dot. It's been 15 hours. Check in. Um, <laughs> Where the fuck are <laughs> check you? Check in or I'm checking out. Uh, <laughs> but... Anyways, I I look back super fondly on even the most painful loves. And I mean, I definitely approach it so differently than you. I mean, I'm looking I'm looking for love in the same way that most are, but also like man, I'm a picky ass bitch. Like whew. <laughs> I, I like sh- I can be too. Sh- I have been in the past. Am. And I'm also like super acquired taste. So it's like a needle in a haystack looking for a needle in a haystack, you know? <laughs> but um, I don't know how we got on that topic, but, you know, will I die alone? Who knows? Who cares? Uh, you know, if I do, I'll be fine because I won't have known ahead of time that I was going to, you know? And then... Unless you do. Well, that would be depressing and we're not going to go there. That's later Kara's problem if it happens. <laughs> we'll let later Kara deal with that. Today, Kara is full of hope. Uh... But yeah, touch starvation's a real son of a bitch, isn't it? And what are we what are we to do except the big thing the big thing you can you can use the techniques that Zach talked about or the technique the one technique that I talked about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the most important part is just acknowledging it and remembering that it doesn't make you weak, it makes you human. And there's a real beauty yeah. in that in that shared experience, like this, this time is hard for everybody. And in some ways, in some ways, that's really freaking cool. I've been playing draw with friends uh, or draw something. That's words with friends and draw something mixed together. I've been playing, <laughs> I've been playing draw something with this dude from France um, named Sebastian. And cool. <laughs> you can tell him I talked about you on my podcast and he's going to be really confused. Uh, <laughs> I said your full name. <laughs> I don't know his last name. It's X. 
<laughs> but and and I he he asked how I was or whatever. He's one of those people that insists on like messaging between the drawings, and I'm like, okay, you want to be my friend? That's cool. Um, <laughs> but he asked how I was, and then I said, "How are things going for you?" And it was really really weird and cool to think that I know he knows what I'm referencing. On the other side of the damn world, people are going through the same shit that we're going through. Like, yeah. that's fucking wild. That's wild. And what yeah. a unifying we're on the same experience page. that is. Yeah. And I would give, uh, I don't know if you'd call this like a message of hope, but maybe just encouragement. Uh, it's not really like an us versus them kind of thing, but if you have or do find yourself struggling with uh, skin starvation, you're kind of existing on a level of, like, reality or a level of the human experience that other people don't. Um, even people who... I don't know what I'm trying to say. I do I know what I'm trying Very to say helpful. here. Yeah. So, like, you know, you have people who are in relationships who, like, this topic doesn't really even come up in their life, and that's awesome for them. I'm happy for them. But as far as the people who struggle with this, and when you identify it, you can kind of think in a good way that you are so connected with yourself and your feelings and your emotions and how your brain works that you understand something that you're lacking. And even though that can be a source of frustration and sadness and depression, I think it's good to be that in tune with yourself, even if it's just knowing what your body needs or what your mind needs. And at the moment, you don't have it. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. Is There's a lot of encouragement in just being aware of it and being you know prepared to to find it too like once this is over like oh my god i'm just gonna like grab my mom and roll down a hill with her i'm gonna <laughs> hug her so hard <laughs> um and uh another thing to note too uh before before we get way too off topic or i don't know how long it's been so maybe it's almost close to the end who knows anyways another another side of this that's really interesting is i had this conversation before the world fell apart I had this conversation with a friend of mine who is a mother of two young girls. Plus, she's pregnant. So she's got another person inside of her, literally inside of her. And then she's got these <laughs> two young children crawling all over her. And I'm sitting there complaining about, like, touch starvation. And, like, it's so hard. I haven't touched anyone in a while. Especially because I went for that really long stretch after um, after my brain broke most recently. <laughs> I went for that really long stretch without <laughs> dating at all or really touching. And, and my... My, um, the, my landlords, best friends, I don't know, they aren't super touchy people. So it's, you know, there was a long period where I wasn't touching very much at all. Yeah. And so she's listening to me and she's going, I wish I had touch starvation. She's going like, not, really? not, not actually touch starvation, but she's going, I cannot get a moment where I'm not being touched, especially being pregnant. Right where she is sharing yeah. her body with someone 24-7, plus having people climb her like a fucking tree all day. Yeah. And so it's interesting, and I think that it's just as valid on the other side. You know, there's a lot of people locked in their houses with their children 24-7 where they never were before. And they can't, they can't bring drunk. their kids out. They can't bring their kids outside. You know, if you're in a city, you can't go for a walk with your kids the yeah. same way that you can out in the country. And so... It's happening on both sides where people are so overloaded with skin contact where they're just like, oh my God, I want to be alone. Like a lot of women can't take a fucking shit without their kids crawling on them. 
You know, like that's a hard thing. And so I just want to make the note that it is just as valid if you're feeling touched out. And it's probably annoying as hell to listen to people be like, oh, I wish someone would touch me. And you're like, oh, I wish someone would just leave me alone. Um, So so basically what I'm trying to say here, message of hope, is just be kind to yourself. This is a real bitch of a time for everybody. And even when we're out of it, we don't know if we're, what it's going to look like on the other side. We don't know when we're going to be out of it. And it's okay. So do what you can to meet those needs. Please, if you can avoid it, please, please, please don't go on first dates until until this is over. I know it's hard. Yeah. It is super, super hard. I am the horniest human on the planet. And I haven't touched anyone in a month. So if I can do this, <laughs> I believe in you. You can do it. And if you do, though, if you fuck up, don't worry too much about it. Just try to keep doing better. It's okay. Humans are human. You know, it's very, very easy for people to shame each other about, you know, like this, this is it's an overwhelming thing. It really is. This touch starvation is a real problem. It is overwhelming. And I had a friend who, who mentioned public, semi-publicly that they'd gone on a date and there was, there was a lot of difficulty. People have a challenge dealing with that. And, and I understand why yeah. I understand both sides of it. And I encourage you, if, if you have made that decision, even if it was wrong, I encourage you to move forward from it. Don't let it shame your, you. It's okay. It's okay that you made yeah. that decision, but please try not to in the future until this is over. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And that's actually, it's going you back to what you were saying. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> a few minutes ago. No, I, I've done the same already. Um, the, the whole, uh, I said skin yeah. drunk or, you know, however you want to call it, you know, that's completely understandable. That's something that I haven't even considered, uh, largely just because it's not even, it's not my reality, but that's a really important thing to consider other people's experiences and how, you know, other people might be having the exact opposite problem in the same severity. It can be just as overwhelming of a feeling. So that that is a really interesting uh, point that you made and definitely one that was worth uh, yeah, making. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so funny. Uh, autonomy is is a human need. You know, I know you love that word so much. You were telling yeah. me the other day, fave word. Uh, <laughs> Zach hates that word. Uh, but uh, autonomy is, is an actual human need. Like it's a psychological need to have that freedom yeah. and independence. And so when people are having that, that is just as problematic really the fact of the matter is the whole world is shifting and struggling right now in a way that in my lifetime we've never been so unified in these things and so the important yep. the most important thing is do your best with the tools you have give yourself and the people around you grace and love and you know maybe sit on your hand if that helps uh <laughs> Oh, I'm so classy right now. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I was, I said so many things that I did not mean to say, Zach. I'm too comfortable. <laughs> it's my fault, yes. right? It's like one of the conversations yeah, that exactly. we have all Yeah, exactly. Like, you're just too good of a friend. I'm too comfortable. I'm just laughing at my, myself in, now everybody knows. Uh, well, not yet, but in like, probably Sunday, 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 Sunday. 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 Probably. Wait, what day is it today? Oh, it might be, might be next Thursday. Friday. I haven't decided. It depends which, which episode is easier to edit. That'll depend on which one comes out which day. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. Post-production's oh, it, a bitch. It, it isn't, it isn't. Like, it's beautiful. Like, the beauty thing is that I just don't care that much about much of anything. So I try to make the sound quality good, but I'm going to leave in all of this with a trigger warning. I'll, I'll, I'll have a trigger warning, like, yeah. you know, I might have accidentally slut-shaved myself. Uh, <laughs> and all sorts of other things. So, um, yeah, but post-production is, is, uh, it's fun in some ways. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, this most, this episode is mostly just like us laughing. Uh, all right. Well, do you have anything you want to promote? This really smart guy suggested that instead of just talking about how much my hip hurts, which it does, I should ask people if they want to plug something and that will signal to them that this is almost over. Um, so, so do you want to... <laughs> Very gracefully <laughs> said, I might add. <laughs> um, nothing really, uh, recently. Um, I have, I have a few books on Amazon if anyone's interested in reading books during this whole, you know, time. I don't know why you would want to because Netflix is a thing, but... Uh, if you just look up my name on, on Amazon, uh, Zachary Zinn, Z-I-N-N, you can find a few of my books. And, uh, yeah, you know, just keep on keeping on. And thanks for having me. I loved having you. Um, and in case anyone is wondering, every time I hear his name, I think, is Zach out? No, Zach's in! Um, and <laughs> because I'm super <laughs> clever and funny. This is why I'm so successful. Uh, it's better than calling me ZZ Top. I'll say that oh, much. Oh, that's awesome! ZZ Top. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Z-Z-Top. We're not doing that. I quit. I quit. Zach just discovered yesterday that Canadians say Z. That's why I said ZZ Top. Uh, that's very, very disturbing. Well, yeah, if you're wrong. Anyways, uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. I hope that you have a wonderful whatever time of day it is. Bye. Say bye. <laughs> See ya. Fuck you, I won't say bye. See ya. Alright, uh, we're gonna end it on probably my cackle.